Okay, we're, uh, we, we started off, that was last week, right? Okay, <laughs> we started off last week uh, just uh, teaching from the topic of uh, true riches. And just for uh, just a quick review, we talked about some of the things that we talk about as true riches, great riches, unrighteous riches, and uncertain riches, right? Uh, uh, just as a caveat, we said that we won't be worshiping or attacking riches in this particular teaching, just putting them in their proper position of service to God in his kingdom, because all things are lawful, but not expedient, not best, right? And so we, we talked about how God allowed the riches in the earth realm, just like he put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden. He's allowed uh, riches, whether they're unrighteous or righteous, but uh, he's allowed them in the earth realm um, to measure our value of him, to measure our value of him. And we spent some time in Luke 16, uh, 10 through 13. We can look at that real quick. Luke 16, 10 through 13, just so we're kind of up to speed in what we're talking about here today. Hi, right, Luke 16, uh, 10 through 13, it says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. It says, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon or unrighteous money or unrighteous riches, who will commit to you your trust, what? The true riches. If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, um, which is the unrighteous mammon and the unrighteous riches, who, who shall give to you that which is your own, which is, of course is the true riches. It says, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or unrighteous riches, unrighteous money. You can't serve God and the unrighteous money, right? All right, so we also talked about that true riches are, are, are genuine and uh, it's, it's the reality of, of, what, of wealth. So some people operate in levels of, of resources, money, uh, good salaries and wages, uh, uh, land, houses, cars, and things. Uh, but very few people cross over into genuine reality of, of true riches, what God has really purposed and planned for, for our lives. You know, because there's, there's, sometimes there's... there's um, we're so tempted to settle for, you know, settle for. And it's, you know, it's, it could be overwhelming what God has for us. You know, so sometimes, or sometimes you talked about it this morning, you know, sometimes you can allow doubt in your heart and not believe um, God has that for you. Or you can choke and say, well, I really don't want it because this is responsibility. I don't want the responsibility, right? So, so we also talked about true riches is the life's content we receive by being faithful and dying to sin in the flesh and putting to death the deeds of the body of the spirit. So when we die to this, this old man and this old life like we talked about in baptism, we position ourselves uh, to be able to handle what God wants to pour on our lives, right? We position ourselves to be able to handle what God wants to pour on our lives, right? Right, and so, so, and then we, and what God wants to pour in our life is the true riches that covers every aspect of our lives. 
right? It covers every aspect of our lives, right? So also we have, as we've been talking about, the unrighteous mammon is used to locate our hearts. So when, 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 when God has afforded us some of the minimal things or some of the seed and things of that nature, uh, that's used to locate our hearts before releasing the abundance or the true riches. That's to locate our hearts for re- receiving the abundance or the true riches. So a lot of times on that, you know, so the least that, w- that, that we're afforded or the things that we're afforded, the seed that we're afforded, that actually how we handle it, what we do with it, how we utilize it, how we steward over it, that's where God locates our heart. So God already has earmarked for us exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. He already has that, right? But the challenge is everybody can't handle it. So how is it tested? It's tested. See, God is not like everybody else. You know, God's not mocked whatsoever man soweth that he shall reap. So God t- tests us in the least levels of our lives. And sometimes the, the, the most that we have, you know, you have, some people have two, three, four million, ten million. And that's, that's, that's nothing compared to the true riches that God wants to give them. But how, how people handle those things determine if they're ready for true riches. Because God needs us on a platform to impact lives all over the world. He needs us. He needs our light to shine. He needs us on a hill. Right? So he affords us things to position us to impact the kingdom of God. Right? That's what it's about. So, and if you notice, we have read through in, in Luke uh, chapter 19, 16 through 25, we read through when the, uh, the parable of the husband man, he gave the guys a pound. And one, one person, he came back and he had 10 pounds. Another person had five. The other person came back with a pound. But the person that had 10 pounds, he said, oh, good and faithful servant, he says, here, I'm going to give you 10 cities, remember? So he, he was a good steward with the unrighteous mammon. The true riches was not just stuff. Like he, was, he had authority over cities, you know, and, and sometimes we read through the Bible and we look at cities as if we're playing like, you know, how you play house or they got these little games where you can simulate a town. And I think we see it that way, you know, like it's a little game. And, and when the 10 cities he gave him was like, like they could all fit right up here on the stage. Like you play, play Monopoly or something, right? So, so, so if, if you think about it, be honest with yourself. A lot of times when you read through the Bible and you hear 10 cities, you're like, ah, it's 10 cities. But look at the reality of what 10 cities is. We live in a city. 10 of these. 10 Charlottes. Right? Just because his stewardship showed that I can trust him to, to have ten, the authority over 10 cities and to impact the lives within those 10 cities, which will probably impact nations from there. Right? You see that? Right? And so, so again, we talked about this, uh, this, this unrighteous, uh, the unrighteous riches. But in Luke 16, 9, it says, I tell you, use the unrighteous or use the wealth to make friends for yourself so that when it is gone, they will welcome you into eternal dwellings. So it says, if you navigate right with what you have, 
you always have access into many, 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 many lives if you navigate with it right. If you handle it wrong, you know, some people abuse people. Some people don't pay what they owe. They vow something. They don't commit to it. Uh, some people uh, 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 establish partnerships where you cost people more money. Like, once you get in with me, <laughs> you're going to get paid, right? Uh, you know, people don't really utilize the resources the right way. But this says if you use it the right way, it'll benefit you. Now, let's, let's talk about why we're doing this. Now, I don't know if we're going to get to the exchangers today. That might be next week. Uh, but let's, let's talk about at least Matthew. Let's give you Matthew 6. One of my daily reading chapters. How many daily reading chapters do you have? I really, maybe the, the, the consistent ones might be about that many. But, you know, I read through the Bible too, so. It's quite a few chapters up there somewhere in that 30-ish range. All right, so, so Matthew 6, the verse 19. It says, it says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. So we stop right there. It's saying we're going to get this unrighteous mammon or we're going to get the least and we could be tempted to hoard what we have, right? Remember the guy says, I'm going to build me some barns, <laughs> right? He says, I'm, I'm going to fill them up and then I'm going to look and say, ah. And then the response was, you idiot. You know, if, if a catastrophe comes, what do you have? But if you had something in the ground, a catastrophe comes and you can look for a harvest to come through the unseen into the seen. Right? So this is saying, this is giving you the same parable because what you do is when you sow a seed in the ground, you're doing a, a natural act to have a supernatural experience. Right? Because we, we've went through this a thousand times. If you sow the seed into the ground, uh, orange seed in the ground, an orange tree comes up, where did the orange tree come from? One person in the, in the youth group I ministered a long time ago said, well, it came from the seed. I said, well, then slice the seed open and see if a tree pop out. Never happens, right? They said, I know it came from the ground. So keep digging. Don't put the seed in there. Just keep digging until you find the tree that that seed is accessing when you put it in the ground. You won't find it because it's coming from the heaven realm. We do something in the natural all the time that we can see. We bury it in the unseen. Things happen under that ground that manifest in the earth realm something from the heaven realm called a tree, right? So this is saying here, uh, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. See, once it's manifest, it, it has to experience what we call age. It has to die. I'm 61 years of age. I've been aging ever since I, I got birthed into this earth realm. So have you. So once something manifests, you ever seen the rose? Once it blossoms and reaches its peak, what happens? It dies. So once something manifests in this earth realm, it, it's not operating on the same preservatives as in the, in the spirit realm. 
The things in the spirit realm are operating off supernatural preservatives. They last forever, right? So it says, don't lay up for your tre- yourselves treasures on earth. It says, but lay up, uh, verse 20, I'm going kind of fast, sorry. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasures, there your heart will be also. So it's saying that operate in a natural world, but utilize a supernatural system. What it's saying is operate in the earth realm, but access the heaven realm. That's why we pray for it to be on earth as it is in heaven. That's why the Bible says you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now, now the scripture says this in Romans, uh, Proverbs 8, it says, riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. So Romans 8 talks about their durable riches. So if, he, if, if the Bible talks about their durable riches, there's riches that are not durable. So, so the things that we get in this earth realm are not durable until we exchange them and make them durable. But the scripture said, riches and honor are with me. True riches, true honor are with me. Outside of me, you can have all the money, all the stuff, all the houses, all the stuff in the world. It, it, you, you, you're constantly chasing honor. And you're chasing fulfillment. But with me, you are fulfilled and you're attracting honor, right? All right, so, so, so how do we get into this position? Because people are, have a tendency to chase riches as opposed to chase God. Now, we read through Romans, I mean, Matthew, slow down, Keith. Matthew 6, 19 to 22. But if you keep on reading, you'll get down to uh, verses 31 through 33, where it says, uh, I know the Gentiles seek after these things. Well, are we still in Matthews? Yeah. All right, so let's go down to, you know, this is after he says, don't worry about what you're going to wear and eat, you know, the lilies of the field and all types of stuff. Verse 31, it says, Therefore, take no thought. Now, when it says take no thought, it says it's saying don't worry, right? Take no thought saying. So, one is saying don't worry in your mind and definitely don't speak out of your mind the thing that you could be worrying about, right? Take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewith shall we be clothed. So, it says don't spend your life and time, as Pastor Moore was talking about, we have Ray going back and forth, like worrying about those things, It says, for after all these things, all the things he just said, you know, what you're going to drink, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth you have need of of all these things. Right, because you live in this earth realm, right? He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Look, and all these things shall be added unto you. So he says, don't chase the things, chase the king. Right? And that's what happens. People are chasing things. And so when you start to chase money, chase wealth, you repel it. When you chase God, you attract it. Right? And so we, we, we a lot of times, we sacrifice God and chase stuff. And, and it's like we never get enough and we never get to it. It's like years go by. You know, and, but we're not supposed to chase. See, when you start to chase things, what you're chasing is what's called uncertain riches. 
uncertain riches. Because the only certain riches are the riches found in the kingdom of God, in the presence of God. So the uncertain riches is wealth that's easily lost. So you can obtain it, but you easily lose it, <laughs> right? The uncertain riches is wealth that's easily lost. You obtain it, but the thing that, that, that secures, makes things durable, we just said, is what? God. Being in the presence of God. Seeking the kingdom of God, right? Not seeking things. All right, let's go to 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. There's a lot to unpack in 1 Timothy 6. Uh, where we at? Sorry, I had to play a couple of roles tonight, so... I think it sped me up a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I had to do quite a few things today. We got, to, we got the baptism, we got arbitrate, you know, crisis intervention, you know, it's just all types of stuff going on around here. <laughs> Full service, right? <laughs> Full service, right? All right, so, and, and I'm a, um, uh, it's just my personality sometimes gets sped up in certain situations. All right, all right, so uh, we'll, we'll lock in here on verse 17. It says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. So there's a chance when you have stuff without God, you can end up being what? High-minded, right? Y'all know what that means, right? You know, arrogant, overconfident. You don't need God or nobody else, right? All of a sudden, because you got money, you're the authority. Yeah, you got money, you know, uh, Trina doing Bible study fellowship, but you know, you just, you, you just uh, end up getting the raise. So now you make about 300,000, right? So Trina starts saying on Bible study, no, nah, Trina, that's not what that means. You don't really know what it means, but you make 300,000 now. So <laughs> you automatically now, because money says you know more than everybody else, right? You was getting all the advice in the world from people, but now your money says you don't need to get advice. You walk with a different swag now. You're like, uh, uh, Trina, Trina, <laughs> poor Trina, let me help you out. You know, you really don't understand. See, see, if you understood the scripture, you would have the money I have. And you don't have the money I have, so obviously you don't know the scripture. <laughs> see, high-minded, right? High-minded. Looking for a great fall, right? It says, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. So you see the difference? We're not trusting in the things, we're trusting in the king. So who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That's going to be important for us later. He gives us richly what? All things to enjoy. That they do good, that they be rich in good works. So, so, so hold on. I'm giving stuff for me to enjoy. But how I live is to do good works. Right? You see what I'm saying? Look, it says good works ready to distribute. <laughs> see, if I, if, if I handle the unrighteous right, I can get the true riches because my default is to distribute. God is using me to impact lives. See, see if I don't handle it right, I get high-minded and my value is my money. So you can't have money because then I'm not going to feel valuable. Trina, if you got money and you know the word, well, I'm not going to feel as valuable. 
But now that I have money and you don't, I feel more valuable. My steam is up now because I got stuff and you don't. You know, that's what kids do, right? What kind of shoes you got? Because they, boy, they used to pick with me because I never had the brand name shoes. So I'd be like, where you get those at? <laughs> what, somebody, some, you have some little ants put those together for you, buddy? <laughs> you know, like I'm constantly getting cracked on, you know, right? So, this, so, so people felt superior because of what they had, not because of who they were. While they were doing that, I had to watch, right? I had to spend time becoming who I need to be. I couldn't focus on stuff because I ain't had nothing. <laughs> All I could focus was on being Keith. I had to be the best Keith I could be. Right? <laughs> All right? Whereas some people have never spent time working on themselves because their, their whole esteem has been what they have. I, now, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to say your name, and only you will know who I'm talking about. Probably some other people will know who I'm talking about, too. So, I, so this guy... I met him. He's, well, I'm, I'm going to say you're a hooper. So he's a hooper. And uh, so, so we was outside of this club one day, and I heard him talking. So he, back then, very few people had this type of car. Can't say the car because y'all really going to know who it is. But it was, it was a high-end car. Like, ain't nobody had that kind of car. So when he, he, I saw him meeting girls, and he would go, hey, that's my, I'm going to pick a, a different name. This, this wasn't a vehicle. So I'm going to pick BMW just so not to incriminate the person, okay? So the person will be talking, he's like, that's my BMW over there. And I was looking, I was like, why would you do that? So now you don't know if the person like you or just the car. No, I want to park the car around the corner. <laughs> I want to see if you like me for me. Not because I got the car. But some people spend their whole life presenting what they have, presenting their titles, so they've never really discovered who they are. You see that? Okay, all right. All right, so I'm going to spend a whole lot of time with that. Uh, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Um, uh, it says laying up in store for themselves good foundation against the time to come. It says when you're what? Ready to distribute, uh, rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate it, you lay up and store for yourself a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. So now the things that I'm storing up keeps on giving, because I'm storing up treasures in heaven, right? Excuse me. All right, so uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 30 through 31 says this. I, so, so some of this is, you know, he was breaking down marriage and relationships. So, but he says, they that weep as though they weep not. So he says he wants us to get into a position as, as they that weep as though they weep not. They that rejoice as though they rejoice not. They that buy as though they possess not. And they that uh, use this world as not abusing it. For the fashion of this world passes away. At the First Corinthians seven thirty thirty one, right? Is it that I read the right thing, right? Didn't I say that? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I was tripping. <laughs> All right. So, so again, so what it's saying is, 
you get to a place in your life that there's situations where you, 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 okay, you're in a situation where you're weeping, but you're operating as if it's not really impacting you. You're in situations where that you can rejoice, but you're operating, you're not gloating in the rejoicing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you operate, like, I'm rejoicing, but I'm not over the top wearing it like a badge, right? It says, look, and they that use this world, the unrighteous mammon, right, but not abusing it, right? Now, after the semicolon, he explains that previous scripture. He says, for the fashion of this world passes away. Right? So, so some of our whole flow is just what we wear. Enjoy. He's giving you risky things to enjoy, but not to distract you from doing what God told you to do. The reason why we can't distribute, because we're consuming. We're not just enjoying. It's become our life. You know, some of these things are sustaining us. See, see, a lot of these things, this unrighteous man and the things in the world, they're designed for recreation, not for relationship. You're not supposed to have a relationship with stuff. You know, people have a relationship with their car. They've got names and everything for it. Right? Right? And, and so it's not your security. It's not to be trusted. It's not reliable. It passes away. It's not to worship. It's to like, but not to love. You see that? It's to like, not to love. Let's, let's go to Haggai. Where's Haggai? The page. So Haggai chapter 1, right next to Zechariah. <laughs> like that helps, right? <laughs> All right, Haggai chapter 1. We'll start here. I was going to start at verse 1, but just for the sake of time, let's start at verse 2. It says, uh, thus speak of the Lord of hosts, saying, this people say, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. In other words, like, when we get to that later, I'm focusing on something else. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet. So in other words, once he heard what they said about God's house, God showed up. Like, even when David in 2 Samuel 7, when he was like, wow. Man, I'm living in this night. You know, I got a house of cedar. I want to build a house for God. God shows up and says, oh, I didn't say I needed that. But tell David this is what he's going to do, and then I'm going to build him a house. So David was the opposite of this. David actually talked about doing for God's house, and God shows up. Anytime you talk about God's house, God shows up. Anytime you're mindful of God's house, negative or positive, God will show up. So God shows up to Haggai. We'll go here, verse 4. 
It says, is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? It says, it says now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. Ye drink, but you are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into bags with holes. Thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. So it's just parallel to what we just read. When you're not seeking first the kingdom of God and what's important to God, which is why God birthed us here, planted us here, right? And, 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 and you kind of deal with God's, God's God, God's people and God's house as an afterthought. Why would God pour resources on you? It makes no sense. Like, God is not mocked. Why? Why would he do that? I mean, just, just use your own intellect on this one. You wouldn't even do it. You working on a project at the house, and to benefit the kids, they, get, they take all their resources, they're going to do something else. They're like, man, I'll help you later. And you're going to keep giving them money to go out and do what they're doing, and they ain't mindful of the house. Y'all don't roll like that. I've seen y'all. So, but you expect God to roll like that. We're going to be, God's house is going to, it's an afterthought, but we want our stuff to be his first thought. That doesn't even make sense. Y- y'all read that in the scripture, right? Trina, did you read that in the scripture, what I just said? I'm just making sure I'm not reading wrong. Why, is there another way to translate that? Yeah, we need, look, do we need to go to the easy read? <laughs> we need to go to the easy read or something? Like, like, I mean, that's the King James Version, but come on, man. Y'all can't read that? Y'all know what money with bags and holes in it is, right? You know wages, you don't have enough. Y- y- y'all got that, right? It did say money, right? Yeah, the word money is in the Bible, ain't it? All right, all right. See, that's because people who have loved so much of, of, of the unrighteous mammon, they've lost sight of God and his kingdom. Right, so so uh, uh, scripture says this in Psalm 62, 12, write down at least the scripture. And for the sake of time, I'll just read it, okay? Psalm 62, 12. Please go meditate on this stuff so you can have an actual understanding. And, I, I, you know, I probably haven't done you justice and spent a lot of time talking about wealth, money, riches, and tithes and offerings. Oh, yeah, we got a whole section on tithe. <laughs> yeah, that's coming too, right after the exchanges or before, somewhere in there. So, but we're going to talk about it so, so now you can make a qualified decision with the word, Right? Because people benefit from stuff. Other people ain't benefiting because of either fears or, or other people uh, saying stuff that don't, have, don't even line up with the word. Yeah, that's, that's in the Old Testament. I'm going to show it to you in the New Testament. Oh, well, no, no, that, that, that went out with the law. Well, I'll show you what Jesus actually said is something you're supposed to do right now. We're going to break all the myths. <laughs> See, sometimes we don't even know what the myth is true, but it justifies our position in not being a good steward. So we go, I'll go with that. Anything else we're going to investigate. 
right? <laughs> we gonna well, I gotta see if is that is that in the Bible. But when it comes to stuff that we're already not being obedient, we go. If, that's what it probably said. It probably said that. No, we we ain't doing that. Not at theirs. I says place no trust in extortion or false hope in stolen goods. If your riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. Right? That's similar to the uncertain riches, right? See, keep your trust in the source of all wealth, and that's God. Right? Let's go to Deuteronomy 8. We, we, we read this. Uh, didn't we read this recently? Huh? Oh, we ain't got to it yet? Somebody brought it up, though. Oh, you brought it up in the morning, right? I know I wasn't tripping. I, be, you know, I pay attention. I might be at the gym, but I do be paying attention. All right. Well, Karen brought it up, too, though, didn't she? Well, I'm going to read it, and then y'all tell me if, if you heard it before, right? All right, so Deuteronomy 8. Right, we're going to lock in on verses 17 and 18, uh, but... But I, I will do you injustice if I don't read um, verse 11 here. Um, gee whiz. Well, let me start at verse 7. <laughs> All right. It says, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of uh, uh, brooks of water, fountains of deaths, uh, that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees, pomegranates, a land of oil, olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. All right, thou shalt not lack anything in it. You know, so he, he talked about bread because we, 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 we like to eat, right? But then he said anything. So anything would be what? Anything, right? So then see, that's, that's, that's true, Richard, you're not lacking. So you're not hoarding because you have more than enough. It says, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou may have dig brass. So, so think about it. You got 10 cities. <laughs> you got 10 cities. So you have the land within those cities, right? And within those cities, you have everything. You have what you need to eat. You have your resources. You have what you need to build. Not only that, you got, you got, Stones that are iron. Do you know how much iron is worth? You can dig brass. Or leave it up to Pastor Mount, you go out there in the lake and you dig some gold, right? <laughs> the gold savings, right? But, but the, this stuff is in land. The, you, you know these wars in Africa? You know why they keep going to Africa for stuff? Because they have, it's the greatest resources. There's diamonds, gold, and stuff where? In the land. Not at the store. Well, I guess they're at the store too, but it's in the ground. There's gold in them there hills, right? Oil, resources. You see what I'm saying? I'll take the 10 cities over a couple trinkets any day. But well, anyway, let's keep going here. Uh, where was we at? Uh, dig brass, 10. It says, when thou has eaten and art full, when thou has eaten and art full, when thou has eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. Look, look, when you're, when you're eating your food, you shouldn't be running from God. You shouldn't be slowful and, and relaxing. We should be chasing God more. 
out of appreciation. Right? It says, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Now, interesting. After he talked about being full and having everything, he's saying, don't forget God. Still line up with his commandments. So your test with the unrighteous man to see, am I going to keep his commandments, stay in line with God? Am I going to do what, it, what I did to get it when I got it? So a lot of times we get it, why, why is our behavior change? Why is our frequency change? We're struggling. You're, you're struggling, you're in God's face all the time. Now you, you, you get a couple dollars, you, you don't have time to be in God's face. It shouldn't change. That's the test, right? It says, lest when, I'm going to read verse 12, lest when thou hast eaten and art full, thou hast built, look, goodly houses and dwelt therein. Look, it says, and when thy herds and thy flocks are multiplied. Look, just in case you think they're talking about just cattle, thy silver and gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt or bondage from the house of bondage. You see that? Verse 17, it says, and thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand has gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for look, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth for a particular reason. And what's that reason? That he may establish his covenant that he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. So he wants us to have it to establish his covenant. So he can bless his people. So he can draw more people into the kingdom. So he can do an Acts chapter 4 where nobody lacked anything. And so they didn't, but it wasn't, a, see, some people will focus on the fact that they didn't lack anything. You know what the focus was? They, were, they had time to do kingdom work. They had time to heal, save, change lives. Because they didn't, they wasn't thinking about needs. They were thinking about others' needs. They was out there. Listen, you, when you get a chance, that's another one of my daily readings. You read through Acts chapter 4. As they see, Acts chapter 4 was after Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 2 is when the Holy Spirit fell on them. Acts chapter 3, they started moving, healing folk. Acts chapter 4, they was like, hold on, man. They keep talking about this Jesus. We need to arrest them. They arrested them saying, man, y'all need to chill out. Peter and them said, whoa. We're going to obey God, not you. Then they got released because they said, man, if we do anything, these people are going to go mad. The power was so strong, even the people that was against them was like, we can't touch this. Because they're impacting the whole city. So we're going to let them go. When they let them go, they didn't go, aha, we let go. They said, no, no, no. Let's pray for more boldness, more power. They get together and they pray for boldness and power. After they prayed for boldness and power, the place shook. The place shook. And it said after the place shook, power hit them. They went out and was even more bold. And while they were at it, they was like, hey, man, some people are, look like they're hesitant to come because of their needs. Let's just sell some of our land so nobody's thinking about their needs so we can go out and continue to heal, save change, baptize people with the Holy Ghost. Read Acts chapter 4 for yourself. That's when you're operating the true riches. But we get resources, we ain't doing nothing from God. But profiling, 
Look at me. Not look at the king. Look at this thing and this thing and these things. What about look at the king? I told you I was working with somebody there and I, was getting, I kept getting these Adidas sweatsuits. They said, just, just get them on sale. And I would come into practice. He was like, man, tell me I see you got another Adidas sweatsuit. I said, man, I'll just be pulling out my Jesus card, man. That was it. And anytime somebody said something to me, I'm going to figure out a way to highlight God. And all it was is they just, I just, they had a, a closeout store back then. You know, this, this, these, these Jews have uh, created these closeout stores, and they just kept selling these Adidas sweatsuits for good prices. So that's how I just walk in with a, a new one for practice. You know, I was, coach, I was the head coach. He was the assistant. You remember that? Big Rob, I'm going to use your name because that's a positive thing I just talked about. But he, I, said, I said his name because he can authenticate that what I just said was true. I'm just focusing on God. Everything, everything we do, we focus on God. God did this. God did that. God did this. God did that. Not like, look at me. No, look at the king. Don't look at the things. Look at the king. Okay, all right. Calm down, buddy. All right, so let's, uh, Ephesians 3. Let's go to Ephesians 3, all right? We got to get this thing right. So do you understand? He wants... He set up the power for us to have wealth, but we're not passing the test with the unrighteous mammon. We're not stewarding that appropriately. I know we're going to get into it when we get into the exchangers. Like, what are we doing with our seed? Like, we eat, we eating the seed. You got, do you understand the system is set up? What farmer gets an apple and eats the seeds? The seeds is what produces the trees. So he's not only giving us the apple, he's giving us the opportunity to produce even more apples. That's the system. Like everything you, look, I'm skipping in weeks to come, so y'all going to hear this again. Second Corinthians 9. Minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. He says, God gives seed to the sower. To one, minister bread for your food. So that means 90% of it is for you. He says, and multiply your seed sown. Who gave it to you? God. You didn't have it until who gave it to you? God. So now you taking God's stuff, just like, remember the, the husband man gave them the stuff, comes back, the person gave him what he gave him. He said, man, take what he got and give it to somebody else. God, see, you saying, man, this dude is tripping, man. He gave him stuff, he, he should be happy he got what he gave. No, within what he gave him was seed. If he just planted it, he going to get back more than that. God gave you the apple. You're the first person on earth. He gave you the apple. You're going to eat the whole apple and the seeds. We, all, we ain't even living now. Because nobody's re reproducing nothing. This is what we're doing. Do you understand? Everything you have is an opportunity for you to reproduce. We have more than enough. We're just in fear 
So we, we, we get tight and we think we've converted what God gave us to sow into the kingdom, we converted it into our security. We honestly think if we hold on to it like the dude with the barns, we're protecting ourselves. How's it been working for us? Let's stop for a second. Let, come on, let's, let's be honest. Let's just take, a, just take an honest pill. How's it, like when we haven't been consistent with doing it God's way, how's it been working? Like at some time in our life, we got to stop and look at what we're doing. Not, not, not to be all condemned or, or, or depressed, but just say, hey, I got I to gotta do something different. Consistently do it God's way. I'm t- like I, I've been, we've been living this way for, forever. We have realized today is a very special day for us. Today is uh, Founder's Day. He found her on this day 31 years ago. <laughs> October 18th. 1992, that's the day I, I found her at church. But we've been rolling this way. We've been married 30 years. We've been rolling this way all this time. And I'm telling you, I, I'm not saying this, uh, I'm not embarrassed. We don't make close to what the majority of people make in this church. But you wouldn't know it. And you look around. See, see, you can say, yeah, you know, Y'all, y'all willing to deal. We give away everything. Who hustles to give away everything? Everything. To everybody. We just gave some stuff to the nursing home. We give stuff to the fire department. We give stuff to people in need. Y'all don't know, but there's people that have been in need. They'll tell you. that we give away everything. You know why? Because we, we're not hoarding. We understand the system. Just keep sowing. God, even us, God has given us resources to sow. Do you understand that? Where I tell you to go? Yeah, sixteen. It says that, uh, that he will grant you according to the riches of his, oh, I'll give you a chance to get there. Ephesians 3.16. We there? All right, it says, it says that he will grant you according to his riches uh, of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, right? The riches of his glory, key thing there. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. Right? It says, and to know the love of God of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled, this is the key, with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. See, that's similar to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, what? I shall not want. Right? Fill with all the fullness of God. That's when you cross over into true riches. Right? See, where people get off is they lose sight of the love of God and the fullness of God, and they get caught up in stuff. So the love of stuff. 
So the intoxication of worship and the love of money has pushed the true riches of purpose and fulfillment into our blind spot. So the intoxication, the worship, and the love of money has pushed the true riches of purpose and fulfillment into our blind spot. We've lost sight of the true riches. We've lost sight of the purpose and fulfillment that God has planned, right? Because we got intoxicated in worship and started loving money. And we make a lot of decisions where we dismiss God and we, you know, we talked about this in the money point of view. You go back and look at that teaching for yourself. But it's like, well, money says it's okay. So, I, so I'm going to work, I don't know, uh, 100 hours of overtime because money says it's okay. You know, I'm going to hustle. Money says it's okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm operating illicit activities because money says it's okay. Right? I'm a will and deal. Well, I didn't tell them the actual truth on the application because money says it's okay. So I'm going to do things that I know ain't right because money says it's okay. See, again, I'm, 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 I'm intoxicated and I'm not, I don't trust God's system. And we talked about this in that teaching. All we have is not, all, is not always all he has for us. As much as we have, we might have more than everybody in our family. That's a, probably a, a, a penny compared to what God has for you. Because you have the responsibility of stewardship independent of if you look better than everybody else. Right? And so, so the question is, can we be trusted with the true riches? We asked that question in a money point of view. Um, and, and, and I was thinking through this, you know, I meditated this because I, I, I'm afforded to minister to a lot of people, serve a lot of people. And I asked this question, you know, earlier this year. If money is the gold standard, why are the so-called wealthy on drugs, depressed, suicidal, and without peace? If money is the gold standard, why do people never have enough? Why are they jacking up interest rates? You know, we were talking about something uh, health-wise when um, uh, Pastor Moore, <laughs> I was trying to figure, you know, just trying to get it, just trying to get it to come out. Pastor Moore was just talking about health and how, you know, certain nutrients, you know, they, they were taken off the shelves because it, was, it could help people's health. You know, when he was talking about the apricot seeds, right? And... But the interesting thing is, he, he made a statement. He said, just the health care and stuff like that, it's a billion-dollar business. And I remember when I was coming up, I'm, when you're young, you're like, this is a doctor he's supposed to take care of you. This is a teacher they're supposed to teach you, right? This is, this is you know, these people are supposed to help you. This is a dentist he's supposed to help you. But, you know, I've learned stuff about uh, dentistry that I didn't know when I was coming up. I'm just transparent. A dentist did not tell me the proper way to brush my teeth. An assistant told me one day. And I'm like, wait a minute. I done been to all these dentists all this time. How come nobody told me? And my teeth are better. My gums are better. You know why? Because they get paid when your teeth is jacked up. <laughs> it's a business. Psychiatrists, we, we spend our money and you don't see it sometimes because you have it on your, your, sometimes your healthcare plan. 
So you go to psychiatrists. But in all honesty, <coughs> if they actually helped you, let's say if you showed up and they discovered what was wrong with you in the first five minutes. Would you say you get the answer on session 20? Right? See, and that's why you don't understand. Don't, don't get it twisted because everything here is free. People get on us all the time like, y'all do all this counseling stuff like that. Y'all don't charge? Y'all can, you know how much money y'all can make? But no one could say we're not helping you. The person that's charging you, you can question their help. I went to a chiropractor. Uh, I, had a, I was in a major accident, so I went to a chiropractor. It was pain, used up all my insurance, and I was still in pain. And I told my wife, I said, babe, hold on a second. Why would I, I? See, people think you ain't looking at the insurance, but I looked at it. I said, babe, I done spent $5,000 of insurance. Obviously, it didn't come right out of my pocket. I said, this dude ain't helping me. I'm not going here no more. The dude ended up in malpractice. Lost his whole, whole, uh, and I was a minister, he's a Christian. He was like literally at the corner of where we lived. And remember we lived in Gahanna. Oops, too late. Uh, right, but he, and so I used, to, I used to pull up, in, I would see him in the parking lot. I would minister to him about his marriage. But he wasn't helping me because he got paid by not helping me. Do you understand? See, see, people play off money. That's, but we don't think about that. Remember the young, young lady, uh, uh, Pastor Mormons in this, she gave all that she had for all those years. They said she spent all that she had on physicians and didn't get any better. But ran into Jesus, and in a moment, she was healed. See, we, 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 we don't have to use money. Money's not for that. Money is for the kingdom. God is for your healing. Do you see that? Does that make sense? All right, so let's go to 1 Timothy 6. Just being mindful of the kingdom. That's all, y'all. That's where you're being, t- that's where we all are being tested. Let me see how you handle this. Remember all those parables of, hey, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to go away and come back and see, how you, see what you do with it. It's testing you. So the guy, was, it was easy for him to give him 10 cities because he saw how he handled something that he, listen, did it say, hey, if you handle this money right, you're going to get cities. So whatever you produce, you're going to get cities. You know, Luke, Luke 19, right? He just, he, just gave, he just gave him a pound. Went away. Like, it didn't even, he didn't give him instructions. <laughs> Come back and the guy says, I got 10 more. You get 10 cities. But I guarantee you, some of y'all, if, he's, if you hear, hey, if you handle this right, you may get 10 cities. You may be more apt to be stewards, but no one can really truly test your true heart. Are you just doing it to get the cities? Then as soon as you get the cities, you're going to relax and go back into your original default. But that man was able to see where their heart was because they operated that way without the incentive of the city. So I can give him a city. This is how he roll. God's looking at how we roll right now. 
The holdup is not God, it's us. How are we stewarding now? You understand what I'm saying? It's God first now. Oh, no, hey, this, this, hey, this, this is what it is, Z. Once God give me the stuff, then I'm going to put him first. Did you say that? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Outburst. <laughs> Pastor Mel said, that ain't going to happen. Once God give me this stuff, Lord, once you give me this, you're going to be number one. You think God's foolish? He's looking at who? You ain't even got nothing. And he ain't number one. So when you have something, you have more opportunity to have more diversions and distractions. All right, so 1 Timothy 6, right? We only got a few minutes here. We need like back-to-back-to-back-to-back three-hour teachings on this, to be honest with you. I'm not going to teach for three hours. Well, we need it. It says for the, uh, verse uh, 10, it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And while some covet it after, it says they have erred from the faith. Look, now this is the key. We love money. We covered after it. We err from the faith. Those things line up. You can't say that's not going to happen to me. Love money. Covered after money. You err from the faith. And then what happens after that? And, and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. This is the pattern when you don't do it right. I'm, I'm going to read this for you. Ecclesiastes 10, please write it down, 16 through 19, uh, the Amplified version. Look at this. It says, it says, woe to you, O land, when your king is a child. Right? When somebody's supposed to be leading as a child. When you're incompetent officials and princes feast in the morning. So what it's saying is, it's all about them first. It says, blessed, prosperous, and admired are you, O land, when your king is a man of noble birth and your princes and officials feast at the proper time. And he explains what the proper time is, for strength and not for drunkenness. So it's saying when people are leading, when you're in a position to lead your house, Ministry, your business, or whatever, you 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 uh, you utilize resources at the proper time. You benefit from them at the proper time. Where, but when you when you when you're off in how you lead, you operate on greed. It's always about you first. You take 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 take. You know, and you don't you don't. You don't use resources for strength. You use it just to get drunk off of it. See, resources, things that we have, it should facilitate an atmosphere of strength for us. But, but when it, we lord over it, all it does is weaken us because now we're gluttonous, right? It says, through laziness, the rafters, uh, it says, of state affairs decay and the roof sags, uh, and through idleness, the roof of the house leaks. The officials make a feast for enjoyment instead of repairing what is broken and serve wine to make life merry, and money is the answer to everything. 
And, and so, you know, over the years, you've heard people say money answers all things because, the, the, because that's the scripture, but we don't rightly divide it. Does money really answer all things? Well, I'll tell you this. Yes, it does as a servant. When money is in a position of servanthood, when it's serving you, it answers all things. Just like wisdom, money was designed to serve all things, right? When needed, it must answer or respond, meet all demands, the call to service the need. Money is supposed to respond to the call to service the need. So it's supposed to answer from that standpoint, right? So, so money, ans- money and wisdom answers all things in a position of service. We, however, aren't designed to answer all things. We're designed to answer or to serve God. That's why the scripture says, meditate on the word day and night, do all that's written therein, then shall you make a way prosperous, then shall you have good success. So we're not designed to answer all things. We're designed to answer one thing, and that's God. That's why the scripture we read over there in Luke 16, 10, you can't have two masters, right? You can't have multiple masters because you're going to hate the one and serve the other. You're going, to be, you're going to be tempted to serve the, the wrong one. We only got one master, that's God. And that's who we should be serving. But when money becomes your master, you end up serving money. See, this is the thing. Money can't give you eternal life, only a false sense of security. So that's why I can't answer all things. Money can't give you eternal life. You know, some people deal with uh, incurable diseases. You need healing for that. Money can't, can't fix that. So even though the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 7, it says, for wisdom is a defense and money is a defense, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. So, so it breaks it down. It says both of those things are used in response to answer or to serve but the difference between wisdom and money is wisdom, you get wisdom, it gives you life. Money doesn't give you life. Money serves your life. It should. But a lot of times, the way it's supposed to go if you, if you try to use your imagination, we seek you first the kingdom of God. So we're serving God, right? And as we serve God, money serves us. But a lot of people are serving money and asking God to serve them. They're flipping the script. We're supposed to be serving God, and the money is supposed to serve us, right? So in that particular case, it's answering all things, right? In service, when it's your Lord and it's your love, it don't answer all things. It destroys everything in your life. Pierces us through with many sorrows. All right, we'll we'll stop there. You know, I I knew we wasn't going to get to the exchangers today, but... Coming soon to a church near you.